everyone, and welcome to We're Watching Power Rangers. Oh, wait, actually, I think it's Star Trek, right? It's 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 been a couple of minutes since we've done anything. I forgot what we even do on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe in the future, though, right? Maybe. Yeah, it's it's been a minute since we've recorded anything. But yes, we're watching Star Trek, the original series. Uh, I, I am I am your captain, Brandon. I forgot how to speak there momentarily. And uh, with me, as always, my uh, my first lieutenant here, we got Paul. Yo, yo, what's up, people? Uh, it's been a minute. I missed you guys. I really did. I went on vacation. It's been the summertime. You know, it's been crazy time with the family. So, uh, hey, we're back at it. We're about to get it. So, let's get it. Let's go. All right. And we've got the uh, the guy that maintains the trash compactors. We got Dan here. I, I Someone's got to do it. And... Paul, how did you escape the Shadow Realm? I know it's been about a month, but you're oh, supposed to go I, there know, permanently. I uh, I found the, the power of the heart of the cards. I thought real hard. <laughs> I reached out. I believed in the cards. And I'm here again. So, welcome. And you and you cheated like he always does? Because none of those rules in that show are the rules of the actual I, I, game. I have no idea. I never played the card game. I thought, <laughs> I thought the rules were the same. Oh, I, I'm, oh, God, no. I'm glad a children's card game <laughs> helped you escape the Shadow Realm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as always, you know, Twitter at WWST underscore podcast, and we do have merchandise. We got some t-shirts and, uh, just all kinds of other stuff. And I will put a link to our, uh, our merch website in the description for this episode. So check that out if you like. And, uh, if you do decide to purchase anything, 100% of that goes towards, uh, just our hosting fees for the podcast, just to keep it running long after we are done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that said... We are working on season two, episode 14. Uh, it's called Wolf in the Fold. Original air date was December 22nd, 1967. Uh, and we start with some belly dancing. Just, just uh, <laughs> a very good opening so far. It, it, yeah, interesting one. It was weird. Like, I, I felt uncomfortable with the opening scene. I, I don't know why. It was just weird. It went too long. Yeah, did it go too long? It went too long. I think it went too long or whatever. And then, like, I don't know. It just. It was awkward. Yeah, and then like well, uh, maybe maybe during that time frame, belly dancing was uh, a big thing. Well, no, it's not about the it's not about the belly dancing. It just it, it was focused on her face so long. I was like, yo, what's going on for a second? And it took a long time to show they were at this party. Like there was a better way to show that. So it it, it became awkward really quick. Yeah, it'd been more awkward if the girl was just in Kirk's room and he was just watching her dance. <laughs> <laughs> She's just in his corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that would have been especially with the goofy smiles that they had this whole first like five minutes is uncomfortable man it's weird yeah like the, the I, I don't they, they can come up with a better intro or something like a better way of doing this like i get the whole i'm about to like do it a whole minute real quick but i, I get the whole like having scotty a girl some kind of entertainment and scotty be attracted to her and getting them together but the whole time was uncomfortable we got, we got pimp daddy kurt over here you know, Captain <laughs> Kirk, you know, trying to, trying to hit, hook him up, whatever. And then, like, the whole, I don't know, it's just weird. It's very weird for Star Trek. Yeah. It's weird. Yes, it is. Go ahead. Well, uh, that's a hell of a boss, though. Yeah. Yeah, so Kirk and McCoy and Scotty, they're all just, like, chilling on some pillows on, like, at a low table uh, at, this, at this, like, cafe, they call it. And so they're just watching this lady dance and... Uh, Scotty tells Kirk, he's like, hey, I think I'm really going to like Argelius. And Kirk says, well, you're obviously a man of good taste. <laughs> uh, so uh, Scotty starts to make some kind of remark about uh, the women of the planet. And, and McCoy's just like, yeah, they're a completely, you know, he- hedonistic society, which yeah. hedonism bot would love this. 
uh, if you, I know, Paul, you have not seen Futurama, but yeah. No, I have not. Hedonism Bot is a robot on there that's he's like this big hedonist, and he's literally just like, he's like a Roman robot, and he's all gold, uh-huh. and he's just like always like eating grapes and shit. I don't know. You just just fucking watch Futurama. Yeah, yeah, you're no God. Kidding, <laughs> you got the Futurama, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> just watch it. What is Futurama on? Is it yeah. on the, the flicks uh, or the original or something or what? Oh, uh, uh, okay. Well, you guys find out where I can find Futurama at, and I'll try to look up and watch, caught up because every time you got a bit of Futurama, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Hold on, right Paul. There. There's a site I can send you, but I can't name it on here because it's probably <laughs> illegal. So I'll just text it to no, you. I'll get out of here. <laughs> Let's talk about it after, after the show. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so uh, the, the dancer, she just keeps dancing, and all three of the guys just have these like stupidly goofy smiles on their face. Like, they, like they've never seen anything like this before, which is really ridiculous. Uh, but maybe they haven't. No, I don't she, know. Kirk has. We I, know no, that. Kirk, yeah, definitely dude, Kirk. We, so, okay, first of all, all the things they've seen in life, this is not in, This is not that that level of being No, movie. yeah. Like, let's be real here. We didn't see godlike creatures. We didn't see all this stuff. A female dancing that should be way down on the list. Yeah, yeah. The look in the face of like the joy of a, uh, like a thirteen year old boy. Like, oh my gosh, she's dancing. <laughs> well, that's what, <laughs> like, that's the look they have in the face. Who knows how long Scotty's been on that ship before you know, without you know, some leave time. So it, he maybe he's been up there for like four months. And <laughs> Scotty's smile is the worst, man. Like it just it's it's weird. This whole. He man, looks like a murderer. Scotty. Yeah, he really does. Scotty was probably like, taking like, some drugs, drugs beforehand, so that's why he had to smile <laughs> yeah. on his face. Dude, that's what I like. He's, his, he's just he, seeing his, flashes of colors and shit right now. He's not <laughs> yeah, even seeing like the something, man. He's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kirk asks Scotty, he's like, hey, do you like that dancer? And he's like, oh, you better believe I do. <laughs> and uh, he, Kirk's like, well, that's good because I invited her to join us at the table. Which, like, what if Scotty's like, no, I don't like her. I'm not, so I don't find her attractive at all. And Kirk's like, well, shit, I invited yeah. her to join us at the table. Well, you know, it's Kirk, Captain Kirk, Kirk guys, will, uh, Captain Kirk. take her back to the, you know, his quarters. Yeah. So uh, Scotty yeah. praises Kirk. He's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're a real captain. You're always thinking of your men. And then uh, we get some more shots of the the dancer. She's kind of like works her way to their table and. Uh, another guest looks at her very angrily. He's like, "Why can't she come to my table?" And uh, <laughs> yeah, for real, that's what I, I saw that too. It's more shots of her dancing and Scotty grinning like an idiot. And then there's more shots of her dancing, and then we get more shots of her dancing. It just it keeps going. Like it just it feels like that's, it goes on saying. forever. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. How awkward this whole scene is. Like this this whole scene was put together yeah. terrible. Like we get it. Like, she like dances. The whole, we got it. Yeah, there, there was a better way of doing this, and, and they did it the worst, most awkward, most terrible way. Just wasted time. So yeah. they, re- they really wanted us to care about this character before something happens five minutes later. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like, we didn't even, yeah, we didn't know nothing about her. Yeah. Um. So the, the dancing ends, mercifully, and Scotty just starts pounding on the table in approval, and Kirk tells him that in Argelius, they use the lights, and he, like starts hitting this little button in the middle of the table because they have these little lights on there. The lights start flashing on and off. So they like to get and, their uh, uh, contestant seizures when they're applying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great job. And now they just start seizing. Uh, Scotty says that no one has to tell an old uh, Aberdeen pub crawler how to applaud, and he just keeps slamming on the table like a fucking Neanderthal. I was expecting like the old cartoon, like, like me, his bro? eyes you pop out of his head, me, like he turns into a wolf and starts whistling or <laughs> yeah, howling or something. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Seriously, like, bro, you embarrassing me right now? Like, don't embarrass, man, Captain. <laughs> I, I just the whole I'll tell you, it's just awkward. It's really yeah, awkward. Yeah. 
Also, just for note, uh, Aberdeen is the third most populated city in Scotland. So I learned that. That's that's apparently oh, where okay. he's from. Hmm. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. So the dancer approaches the table and she sits with him. And then the angry guy from earlier, he continues to look angry and he gets up and he leaves. And uh, then we get a shot of one of the musicians. He gets up and leaves as well. And I was like, wow, that's really out of place. That guy must have something to do with this later at some point. Like he was just happily playing music and now he's really pissed off. Maybe he's he's mad that he's not playing music anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he uh, really had to pee. Like, like man, yeah, I <laughs> Like I was, everything was good till we broke into that like five minute drum solo. Like we, we really didn't need that one. Uh, so Scotty strikes a, up a conversation with the dancer, and he, he talks to her about fog. Which like, yeah, man, that's that's how you pick up anybody is you just talk to him about fog. You talk like, about the fog. He doesn't like, like fog. Hey, yeah. isn't that fog crazy today? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I, it hasn't really been fog. It's just been you know Canadian fire smoke <laughs> for us. <laughs> Maybe that's how you pick up women in the bar here. Yeah. Just like hey. The, the, that's a great, the smoke is that's really lovely point. this time of year. <laughs> it really brings out your eye color. <laughs> yeah, it's just red right now from all the smoke. Yeah, everybody I talked to thought it was fog. Yeah, everybody that's thought it was fog. People didn't fog I've ever, at all, I've ever yeah. encountered. So, but he invites her to go for a walk in the fog, and she's like, "Yeah, that sounds uh, for some reason that sounds really good." Well, who so doesn't like a up? romantic fog walk in the middle yeah. of the night? Yeah, it's fan- yeah, yeah, that's what I love I, to do. I have one of those. Yeah. Nothing I bad ever know. happens in that scene. Like you're just walking through the fog at night, you know, giant moon. Nothing bad ever happens. Nope. If you're by, like by a lake or something, maybe, maybe where teenagers were murdered <laughs> several years before or something. <laughs> <laughs> no guy comes out of there wearing a hockey mask. Yeah, no, never happens. No. Uh, but so yeah, Scotty he gets permission from Kirk, and uh, the two of them they just decide to exit, and uh, Kirk. Just gives himself a little pat on the back for helping Scotty out. McCoy's like, well, actually, it was my doing. And this is where uh, the episode for me really turned into what in the world were they thinking? Like, why did they write this? Because McCoy says that he's like, oh, yeah, ever since the explosion on the bulkhead, you know, that that threw Scotty against the bulkhead, uh, he's had an issue with women because it was a, a woman that caused the explosion. And I'm like, I- what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what is, what is this writing? Why did they go with that? Well, what? Yeah, it was. What if it would have been a man? Would you know? Would they've had to try to hook Scotty up with some man then? Like, right, with a male dancer. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't believe Scotty would be the character that would be like. Oh, hey, this person made this blow up. I'm gonna blame their gender for it. Right. See, I just I don't understand the writing at this point, and like this episode from here for me was uh, just like not not really enjoyable. Yeah, it was like uh, they for a, for an episode. I thought that had some really good uh, parts that could have been written. Bet uh, where they could have been really cool story. I think that the whole hit over the head, hating women to be killing. Yeah, there was a better way of doing that or something. Or uh, I don't know. Yeah, and I, it's so out of character for Scotty. Like, I feel like yeah. he would be forgiving if somebody made a mistake and probably be like, "Hey, you know, this is what you can do in the future to not blow me up." Instead, exactly. it's just like. Yo, a woman, I hate women. <laughs> she she messed up, caused and, an yeah, accident. Like, this was one of the moments where, like, I don't really want to next level, but they could have had, like, one of his, uh, Kurt's old friends get accused of a crime, of the Jack the Ripper crime, whatever, and him coming in and whatever, and then you they find out about the spirit or something. That'd be right. a better way of doing it besides saying it was Scotty. Like, maybe they want to give him an episode, his own episode, but they wasted it. Well... The, the the thing about like him 
hating women because of this thing too is that it was literally just like the plot device to get him to the murder thing like you didn't yeah. have to to like yeah write that in like they could just be mm-hmm. on leave just enjoying this you know woman dancing yep. he doesn't have yeah. to be here because something happened and it made him hate women like that's not yeah, he could necessary been there on leave and then he could have been with the woman and then she could have turned up dead yeah it and does not add to like, the episode in any way it's a yeah. huge detraction yeah it, yeah Bad yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely Bad terrible who the fuck signed off on that well, and, 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 and also if they're i guess if they were dead set you know going on the route of you know woman making a machine blow up and destroying equipment at least they could have shown that yeah something yeah yeah, yeah i actually way. i had a double check I, I was making sure that i was watching the right episode because i was like did we have an episode where that happened but no they just literally pulled it out of nowhere <laughs> like, yeah all right I guess that's what we're doing now. Scotty hates women. It's the stupidest <laughs> yeah, thing they've done, I, just, I think, so far. Yeah, it was awkward. Yeah, yeah I said the first five minutes was awkward. Uh, so he, Kirk notes that Scotty is getting over his resentment, and McCoy jokingly says that Scotty is going to eventually hate Kirk for making him leave Argelius, but uh, he'll have lost his, all of his resentment towards women. And Kirk's like, well, you know, I consider that a win. And then he uh, he wants to go to a place across town. He's like, yeah, you know, I know a place where the women. And then McCoy's like, oh, yeah, I know the place. And they start heading that way. They never said what the women do there. You know, that would have been also Kirk. the better storyline. Kirk we know kind of women were over there. Bones, <laughs> the like the coffee ones. shop or whatever. He's like, I, yeah. I know a place across town where the women solve complex math equations right in front of me. It's amazing. <laughs> McCoy's, McCoy's like, I know the place. Let's go. He's like, yeah, we'll call Spock. Yeah. I just, uh, like I said, that was weird too. But uh, uh, then I was like, you know what? I guess Kirk wouldn't know where the where the wild girls are at. It's Kirk. Look, I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm oh, not yeah. gonna hate on Kirk for on the, on that part of the episode. Like, you know that well, that's, whole, that's very like, Kirkish. Yeah, but like, yeah. he's like Mork's, but he's like, oh, Mork and never Mork is never done when he hooked up uh, the people that he quote the he knows what like it's just a really like a, a really weird Kirk. A really weird start to an episode. A really awkward episode. It's just, I don't know. It's just not very good right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a heavy fog outside as uh, Kirk and McCoy, they step out from the cafe and they start to go towards their destination. And then they hear a woman scream. And so they run towards the scream uh, to find that the dancer from earlier is dead and she had been stabbed. And then they hear uh, somebody groan from beside them and they look over and it's Scotty and he's leaning up against the wall and he's holding a bloody knife. And then we get the uh, the show opening. It was Scotty with a knife in the fog. Oh, yeah, <laughs> mystery solved. <laughs> mystery yeah. solved. Put him in jail, please, sir. Yep, toss him in. Is the big goofy smile just explained it all? He's, he's definitely <laughs> a murderer. Of that. So we come back from the uh, show opening. We get a captain's log explaining that Scotty is being investigated for murder by the chief city administrator, Mister Hengist. Uh, but he the the investigator he hasn't really found much at this point uh, so hengist is talking to kirk and bones and he says that argelius is the last planet he'd expect anything like this to happen uh, he says that he'd have a dozen investigators working the case if it was his home planet of rigel four but uh they don't exist on argelius and i was like that's a really weird like bit of information to just throw where you're from on there like you know i guess he'd be like yeah you know where i'm from we'd have a lot of people like where i'm from right before at least they mentioned something from a long time ago though at least they're like keeping right comes up a lot names. though on this yeah right the rigel system comes up quite a bit on this i think roger force came up a couple times actually yeah but it's just really weird that he threw that in i was like there's no way that information ever comes back we're never never going to need to know that again <laughs> 
but he does note that uh, Argelius uh, hires its administrative officers from other planets because they're not very efficient and they are a gentle and harmless people. He's <laughs> just straight up like, yeah, these people kind of suck. Like they're they're <laughs> gentle, they're harmless, but they're not good at anything. They're so they're so into the uh, pleasure, you know, that they're not worried about taking paying taxes. Like, yeah. oh, pay taxes. Like, oh, I'm busy right now. Why? Why would? Why didn't this episode take place on the pleasure planet? I don't Rig- know Wrigley's pleasure planet. Well, technically, that's what this place kind of is. It's yeah. just it wasn't this like for a show that has everything awesomely designed or whatever. It wasn't emphasized enough that this was a pleasure planet because with all the crime stuff going on. So we didn't get right. to enjoy everything else around. Yeah, all the other people dancing. Also, with the yeah. pleasure planet, do you think the Federation gets annoyed with them because they don't really contribute anything? Oh, you're part of the Federation, but all you do is uh, make love all day long. You're not really contributing. Oh, shit, no. The Federation goes there. <laughs> oh, they like yeah, that. Yeah, they go there I'm like that. I stay corrected. Yeah. Like, oh, that is their favorite planet. Where are you going? The Agris planet. Yeah. Uh, so, uh... Hengus picks up the knife and he asks Scotty if he's ever seen that knife before, and Scotty says that he doesn't remember. And Hengus goes, "Well, that's not very helpful." <laughs> no, no <shit. laughs> it would have been, been funny if Scotty's like, ah, "I've seen a lot of knives. I don't know if you know that's the exact knife." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I was just holding that one a few minutes ago. I don't know. But Kirk asks Scotty if he remembers leaving the cafe with a girl, and he asks what happened next. And Scotty says they were walking through the fog and that he was up ahead leading the way. Uh, I don't understand why, because the fog was like knee high, so it's, it's not like <laughs> they you know, can't they were going to get lost or anything. Yeah, uh, he says he heard see. her scream, and uh, he started to turn, but he can't remember anything after that. And Kirk gets really mad at him, and he's like, "Look, you have to remember." And then uh, McCoy just kind of pulls Kirk aside, and he's like, "Hey, Scotty, you know, was in an explosion recently, and you know, he's got some stuff going on. Maybe don't yell at him at all. That would be really nice of you." I, uh, I, I kind of disagree I, with Bones on this one. I'm like, he's. He's being, there's been allegations that he murdered somebody, you know, glove, right. kid gloves shouldn't be being worn right now. Right. But Kirk doesn't, but this isn't Kirk though. That's part of the thing. Like there, they shouldn't be kid gloves, but it's not Kirk to automatically go to, go to this level though. No. Like, I don't, like it just, I don't know. The whole episode is, has these weird moments. And that's one of the weird moments with me where I thought he was kind of panicky when he's at him. Look, like, yeah, like Kirk, yelling at him panically. Like Kirk doesn't Kirk doesn't do that though. That's not like uh, somebody else would do that, but not Kirk. Like Kurt's always like the straight line regular guy. He never goes up or down, which is why he's Kurt. Well, I, I, he was annoyed that he, his uh trip got interrupted. Yeah, like, he really he wanted he really wanted to go that place. You know, oh, where the I girls see. do whatever they do yeah, there. Yeah, you know, whatever <laughs> they do, he's mad. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Yeah, Kirk says that he has a diplomatic responsibility uh, because it happened in Argelian jurisdiction. He has to go along with whatever it is they say. And McCoy points out that Scotty has a severe concussion, and then they just go back to Hengist. And uh, Hengist says that his detector readings show that only Scotty's fingerprints are on the knife. And Kirk points out that he's like, hey, there were other people in the cafe, and several of them got up and left just before the murder. So Hengist says that they're being located for questioning, but that it's not looking very good for Scotty. Uh, Kirk asks what the law is in the circumstance, and then a man speak up, speaks up from behind them, and he says, well, the law is love. Uh, Hengis <laughs> introduces... Is that like a death uh, from Snoop Snoop from Future Mama? <laughs> <laughs> like this, this episode, to be so bad, has some great moments. That, I mean, that That's a good moment right there. The law is love. And he walks in there with like all the, like, like, um... 
Hugh Hefner in there with like girls on the side, you know, all, you know, all the girls on the side or whatever, <laughs> following him or whatever. I just, I don't know. His intro, intro was so awesome to me. Like that's the yeah. way you walk in. Yep. The law is love. <laughs> uh, Hingis introduces that man as their prefect, Jarus, and uh, Jarus introduces his wife, and her name is Sibo. And uh, a prefect is um, an old like Roman. Uh, basically it's just like somebody that's in charge of like an area is all that's going on. Like he would report to somebody higher than him, but he's like in charge of this specific like area of this planet or something. Um, but Jarrah says that Scotty doesn't look like a man capable of murder. And he says, it's been a long time since anything like that has happened there. And he explains that before their great awakening 200 years ago, they had a way of learning the truth in such matters. And they're going to return to that way. So McCoy, he's like, wait a minute. Are you talking about the Argelian empathetic uh, contact or empathic contact? And uh, Jarvis is like, yeah. How how do you know about that? (laughs) We we forgot about that. How do you know about that? (laughs) Uh, Kirk says, he's like, I thought it was a lost art. And Jarvis is like, well, apparently not, because everybody but us fucking knew about it. Uh, now Jaris explains that Sibo is a descendant of the ancient of an ancient priestess, and that she has the gift. And he invites her or them to his home. But Hengist is like, "Look, this needs to be handled in an official manner through my office." And Jeng- Jaris says that it will be handled in an official manner because he is the highest official. He's <laughs> like, "Suck it, nerd." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Power me, I, I'm the official. It's no good to get more any more official the than me. Official. So they go to Jaris's home. And Kirk argues that since they're not allowed to go to their ship, that he wants to beam down a technician with a psycho tricorder. I don't know if it's just like a regular psychorder or tricorder that's like lost its shit. Or they just <laughs> apparently they have one. They have one that for analyzing stuff like brains. Are, are you a psychopath? Well, this will tell me if you are. <laughs> yeah, this will tell me. Uh, so McCoy agrees. He says that uh, it would give them a detailed account of everything that has happened to Scotty in the last 24 hours. And Hengis argues against it. He says that this is uh, purely an, Arge- an Argelian matter. And Jarus says that his wife has to meditate for a time to prepare, and there's no reason not to use that time to their advantage. And he allows Kirk to call his technician. And I was like, holy shit. I thought this guy was going to be, like, working against them, like, pushing for Scotty to be, you know, like, guilty. But he turns out to be an incredibly reasonable guy. Oh, that love. I, but I, I think it's about the yeah. whole lost love, baby. Yeah, you know, like like I know you murdered somebody, but it's okay. You're still human. We still care about you a little bit. Like we'll figure it out. Yeah, he's like, look, we have this ancient way that we're gonna use. You know, I don't. We're not big on technology. And Kirk's like, well, you know, we are. And he's like, that's cool. Go ahead. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> really surprising that one. Uh, so Kirk calls Spock to have him beam down the technician, and McCoy says that the psycho tricorder needs privacy to be effective. And Jar says, all right, well, we got a small chamber below where we are right now, so I can just you know let you guys use that. And uh, Jarus talks to Kirk about how they're thinking about closing the planet to other ships uh, just because of what happens. Like the, the news is spreading because this is such a big thing. And Kirk notes that it's a very strategically important spaceport. And he really doesn't want that to have to happen. So Hengist decides he's going to go find the other people from the cafe. And Jarus is like, yeah, it's a good good idea. Get out of here. I don't like you. And uh, as uh, Hengis goes to leave. The technician beams in, and Hengis just stops to watch her materialize. He's just like he stops and turns around, and then like smiles and nods at her, and then he leaves. And I, at this point, I was like, Hengis is the bad guy. <laughs> He's there's something not right about that man. Um, 
So Lieutenant Karen Tracy is the technician and she reports to Kirk and she's uh, has her or he has her start the scan on Scotty. And so Josh is like, OK, I'll take you down to the chamber you can use. And when they leave, McCoy talks to Kirk about Scotty's concussion. And he, Kirk notes that it may have changed his behavior patterns. So Kirk is already just like, yeah, I think it was really Scotty. I think his, his head got messed up and I think that it was him. Bones is really laying into like, oh, this is a concussion. Yeah. Like he's 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 messed up. Like maybe he's not himself. And McCoy says that uh, hysterical amnesia is also a possibility here with Scotty. And he says that when a man feels guilty about something, he might block it out of his conscious memory. Um, at this point, uh, Jarus returns and Sibo enters the room and she asks for the knife. And Jarus explains that she also has the ability to receive impressions from inanimate objects. I'm like, damn, this girl is overpowered. Like she, <laughs> she got all of the abilities. <laughs> We've had a lot of godlike creatures, so this isn't that bad. Yeah, no, God, yeah, she's still low on the power scale, but geez, like, she's... <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jarvis goes to get the knife, but he can't find it. And then they hear a woman scream, and they all rush to where Scotty is to find him unconscious in a chair, and Lieutenant Tracy is dead and has knife wounds all over her back. B- big and- knife wounds that... Probably don't fit yeah. the size of the actual knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stabs, too. <laughs> Uh, so we go to commercial break from there. We come back. Uh, Scotty gives the, or Jarvis gives Scotty the Argelian stimulant or an Argelian stimulant to help wake him up. And Scotty's like, hey, where's Lieutenant Tracy? I'm ready to start my scan. And Kirk says that she's dead and that he was found alone in the room with her. And uh, Scotty says that she was taking his readings, but then he doesn't remember what happened after that. And McCoy's like, it's it's got to be his head injury. Like, for some reason, he's a murderer and he can't remember why. Um so Kirk asks Jarus if there's another way to the chamber, and Jarus says that there's a door that leads into the garden, but it's been locked for years. And for some reason, Kirk sends McCoy to check the lock. I don't, I, I don't know if he's like, Look, he should have been like, damn McCoy- it, Kirk, I'm a doctor, not a locksmith. Like, <laughs> McCoy, yeah, McCoy yeah, before he became a doctor, was obsessed with locks. Everyone knows yeah. that. I would, uh, that would have been, see, that would have been a good moment to say that, actually. I'm a doctor, not a locksmith, and then go take care of it anyway, but that would be a really cool moment to have. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, uh, Hengus enters the room, and he's got uh, two men from the cafe. He has the musician and the angry-looking guy with the cloak, which I think they did that. I think they gave him a cloak on purpose, because anybody with a cloak, you assume, is automatically bad, right? Like, right. anybody yeah. that has a black cloak Everything about him bad. seems like he's the, he's the real bad guy. I thought he was a bad guy the whole time. I really did. What? I thought I thought all the way what? until the last first minute, angry I was like, glance in the cafe. Going back to the opening when that guy stood up and he walked away, I'm like, is he wearing a cape? Yeah, oh the yeah, bad guy. Yep. he's got the yep. like the the leader and that and uh, has a bad guy face. I don't know. He just, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's like oh, let's put a bad guy face, but make him nice. I was like, oh okay. Yeah. So Kirk tells Hengus that there's been another murder, and uh, Hengus questions the men. And uh, Kirk recognizes one of them as the musician that left at the cafe. And he reveals that the murder, that the musician's like, yeah, that murdered girl was my daughter. And he does not seem too broken up about it. Oddly <laughs> yeah. enough. No, he, doesn't. Like, he seems slightly angry, like, but maybe yeah. not upset enough. <laughs> yeah. I, like, as soon as they accused, I would have, like, he came in trying to kill Scotty immediately. Like, that's my daughter. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like something like, I don't know, just this episode is bad. This is I'm mad about the episode, but I'll rant at the end why I'm mad about it. But yeah, I just yeah, it's just weird that like this kind of thing, nobody ever gets murdered on their planet, and somebody does, and it's his daughter, and he's just like, eh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> Shit happens. upset about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's gonna happen eventually. Why not have it happen to her? 
Uh, so Kirk asks the other man, uh, who was the one that left the cafe earlier, and he says that his name is Morla, which is the bad guy name. He's got a cape. His name is Morla. Throw him in jail. Um, yeah, <laughs> for real. He sounds like an evil wizard. He's like, Morla. <laughs> uh, the musician says that Morla and Kara, which is the murdered dancer, they were to be married, but Morla behaved disgracefully by acting jealous of her. It's the classic, like, you know, dating a, an exotic dancer thing. You know, some men just can't handle yeah, it. Hedonism, yeah, hedonism moral, you can't be jealous. You he be he knew what he was getting gotta, himself sure. into. It's a trust. You well, have to build the, a relationship It's the way of life trust. on a planet, though. If you yeah. can tell, it's the way of life right. on a planet where you can't be jealous of your woman sleeping with everybody else. That's, that's what we yeah, do. Yeah, like, he grew up with that. How would he not expect that? Yeah. They probably met at that cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Gave her a twenty. says... He says that he loved her and he couldn't stand to watch her with uh, with the other men, like with, you know, Kirk and crew. And uh, Kirk says that jealousy has often been a motive for murder. And Jaris says that that's why the emotion is so strongly disapproved of. So apparently they're just kind of like semi-emotionless people here. They're um, kind of like Spock, but more fun. Yeah, they're like Spock light. Yeah, yeah. Spock light, yes. Like, they're, they're, they're diet <laughs> Spock, you know? Uh, so McCoy enters the room and he says that it would be hard for him to tell if the lock had been picked, even with a, a tricorder. And Kirk asks Morla if he can prove that he went directly home after leaving the cafe. And Hengist just interrupts him and he he insists. He's like, I, I should be the one to do the questioning here. And Kirk gets really mad about it. He's like, well, then get to work. Like, ask your questions, you little dummy. Again, another version of this whole next like couple minutes is just an, something that's not very Kirk. Yeah, but... Like, Jarvis tells Kirk to to calm it down. He says that he's acting like a madman who's just trying to prove his friend is innocent, which like makes sense. It's his friend. But Kirk says that Scotty is innocent until proven guilty. But Hengist reminds him that in both murders, Scotty was the only one there. And he says he can't remember anything. At this point, I'm like, eh, like Hengist has to be the guy. Like he's just he's pushing too hard. Also, during this whole episode, no. uh, when Scotty says he doesn't know, I kept thinking of that song from Eurotrip. Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> the point, I think the point about him, I didn't find him that guilty because I found that I didn't find him like being a bad guy because he kept pushing for Scotty to be be guilty because I felt like I thought Scotty was guilty. I would have felt that Scotty was guilty too. It's too much evidence. I, I don't know Scotty at all. I'm a cop on this planet. All the evidence leads to this guy. You know, he got a mur- two chicks have been murdered with a weapon in his hand. I don't think it's a bad guy thing for him to accuse him of being the murderer, you know, consistently, because like, that's all, all the evidence points to Scotty. I, I have to kind of read this Paul no, on this there, one. There, yeah, there, there's nothing contrary to it. It'd be different. I mean, that's if, fair, like, but like he's not, he's not even doing like any investigating at all. He's just literally like, well, here's the, you know, the very base level of things. That means that has to be Scotty. Dude, if, if, if you get caught over the body with the weapon, you're most likely a prime suspect. That's natural. And Bones most is, likely, Bones, but not guaranteed to be. But, 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 like, Bones isn't bodies? helping the argument by saying, well, he got a concussion, so he might be killing <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. Bones <laughs> yeah. is trying to get him thrown under the bus, too. <laughs> like, like, He's like, I never I liked Scotty. I caught you standing over two bodies, like twice in, twice in uh, two days apart. I caught you over two dead bodies with two murder weapons in your hand. He was unconscious for the second body. What he oh, killed the girl okay, and just bad. went to sleep. He took a nap. Yeah, he got. He stabbed got so tired like, he passed out. Killing makes now. me tired. <laughs> yeah, killing makes him. Yeah, so many times he stabbed her. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the power it takes to stab that many times. After a while, you would get tired. Actually, yeah, he just instantly you fell get tired and pass out. You all, uh, over and over again. He's like, "Oh, I'm tired." <laughs> passed out afterwards. Scott, I'm just saying, like, 
everything, all the evidence points to Scotty. So right, right here, I didn't think I'll do act like a bad guy. I think he was acting like like a cop, like yo, dude, like I know it's your boy or whatever, but there's two bodies. I saw him with both bodies, two dead bodies. I gotta okay. think he's guilty. But if he's gonna be, if he's gonna investigate and he does this for a living, then he also needs to understand that you don't, you can't just have evidence and circumstance. You have to have motive. So what would Scotty's motive be for just? First of all, uh, killing a well, dancer but we just around met, telling and then people killing... that you know a woman exploded the machine okay. and now he hates listen. women. So they're yeah, but he's only said that to Kirk. Kirk. That too. But Hengist, listen, Hengist we doesn't know that. that. He's only talked about okay, that with listen, Kirk. When it comes to the motive of the situation, we don't need a motive. We caught you, you standing over the body with a knife. The first body. We motive is incredibly for. important. <laughs> the, the motive don't matter for this part. As we get, you look guilty, man. It does though. Motive is always important. Hold on, we're going by we're going by guilty. We're going by Earth standards. If there needs to be a a motive on this planet there might not even be a motive <laughs> well on this planet this I'm kind of thing doesn't saying, happen like, so they don't know all the evidence points to scotty every there's not one thing contrary so i don't even know what the like i investigated the first the first thing murder already right everything points to scotty so uh, the second one it looks kind of the same to me i just found a dead body of scotty again so obviously <laughs> scotty's a bad guy right you now you know they should have questioned how did scotty get a knife right like where did he get that from well, well, they find out later when they do the knife investigation. Sivo says that she's ready, and uh, Jarus motions for everybody to gather around a little pedestal. It's got a little fire on top, and Kirk says that he wants the room to be sealed while the ceremony is going on, and Jarvis agrees, and he closes all the doors. So uh, Kirk then gets a call from Spock, and he steps away, and Spock voices his concerns for risking Scotty's life on the word of an Argelian em- uh, empathic technique, and he suggests that they go to the Enterprise and use the computers to find the truth. But Kirk says that it's important for the matter to be resolved according to Argelian laws, and as much as he doesn't like that, that's just the way that it has to be. And I agree with Kirk on that, his stance. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but yes. like he ha- He's a diplomat, so he has to do things their way, even though he probably doesn't want to. Um, so they start the uh, ceremony by holding hands, and they make a big circle around the pedestal, and Sibo tells him sounds. to concentrate. Yeah, they have to concentrate on the flames, and uh, she closes her eyes and she starts to get some sort of vision. And uh, she says that she feels the presence of something and she feels fear and anger and, and hatred feeding uh, the altar's flame. And she says there's an evil there that hates all lives, but it hate, definitely hates women. And then uh, she says that it's an ancient terror named Baratus Kesla Redjack. And then the room goes dark and Sibo screams. Uh, when the lights come back on, Scotty is holding Sibo. And she has a knife in her back, and uh, he has blood all over his hands. And that's enough for, for Paul to convict. So. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> Just Come on, man. Like, not to convict, but at least put you in jail to investigate. Execute I'm going to let you right run there. free. <laughs> Come on. I mean, he's, he's holding a, this the He's been caught with three dead bodies. Three now. And we go, what, just let him run around still? Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir, but I got to put you in jail until I investigate. Now, you can try to explain to me, well, how coincidentally three women died around you. But right now, you got to go to jail. But they're letting Scotty just run around in, in the investigation, they don't, too. They don't even put handcuffs uh, on him. They're like, ah, oh, you're good. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any. Oh, wait, no, wait a minute. I was going to say they don't have any because this kind of thing doesn't happen. But they are a pleasure planet. So why don't they have any handcuffs? Yeah, they can bond them. <laughs> Thank you. If, if they would have put, if they would put Scotty in jail, right, for the first murder... Then the second, third murder would have cleared him because it would have happened while I was in the jail cell. Yep. You see? So, like, yeah. th- th- that solves everything that quick. If he put him in jail in the first murder, then it, the next two murders happen. Oh, it can't be Scotty. It gotta be somebody else. Then l- l- limits the whole Scotty angle. That's what kind of, that's why this whole episode is kind of a waste to me. Yeah. 
like like the the, the small proper policing would have saw had Scotty go be uh, innocent already, and we'd be investigating somebody else. So now the whole episode is is just wasting my time. It, it was one yeah. of those things like, oh, uh, what do we do about murder? No one's died in two hundred years like that. Oh, just let him go. It should be all right. Yeah, <laughs> it won't happen again. It's fine. Yeah. Um. So we go. We cut a little bit later. And Kirk and McCoy are talking to Scotty, and Kirk starts to believe that Scotty is actually the killer. And Hengist agrees that Scotty is guilty, but Kirk says that he may be guilty, but he's not responsible because he might be insane. Um, <laughs> Jaris interrupts mean, him. Uh, temporary insanity that quick? He went there quick, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, he, he, you know what? He really gave quick. up on his friend quick, too. He, yeah, temporary insanity. Yeah, let's get yeah. him. Um, Jaris interrupts them, and Scotty swears that he didn't kill anybody, and Angus argues that Scotty doesn't he doesn't know whether he did or not, and Kirk suggests that they go to the Enterprise to make a recording of Scotty's conscious and subconscious minds. McCoy agrees, and he says that if they did that, there would be no room for doubt. So Jaris just wants to know if the machines will tell them if Scotty killed without knowing it, and Kirk says that uh, with no doubt, like that they won't have any doubts about it if they do that. So Jaris agrees that they can go to the Enterprise and they can do this. And Jaris says that the guilty person will face their ancient penalty, which is barbaric and horrible, and that the penalty is death by slow torture. So we oh, go so to they're going to have to listen to Train uh, Drops of Jupiter then. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to um, back up for a second. Um, I like my big issue with the episode, because I want to take a moment to this, is the grief the men don't show. Like twice now, like we've had like their wives die or a woman died and nobody's reacted like his wife died and he's still sitting there all politically like, oh, do, 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 do. like aren't you angry or pissed to trying to kill scotty right now after he, uh, he's been accused of killing your wife like no no kind of anger or nothing he, he's like look he there's other fish in the sea like yeah. <laughs> well i'm just i'm just saying and, th- and then even the the last the last girl you know the first girl whatever with the the person being his wife uh, the, and being his, and then being the daughter of the other one they didn't show any anger or nothing either yeah so i just like more that more wasted episode where they're just trying to but they're just I don't know they just haven't done done very good thinking for this episode. Men strong, men no show emotion. <laughs> yeah, well, at least, at least not though. sixty seven like, anyway. <laughs> well, you don't have to make them emotion. Just show them, like especially for the sixties and seventies, like just show them angry. Yeah, just show them just show anger. Something, like, yeah. like yeah, it's just something. Like just show just show pure anger or whatever, and then we can just fit, go from there. But at least show something. Right. Um, I kind of get it for Jarus though, like. He, from here on out, he does seem a bit more, uh, like, short-tempered. Like, he doesn't, like, lose his shit or anything, but he does seem to kind of snap at people. And, like, maybe for him, since he's such, like, this high official and he's so close to this, he's just, like, maybe, you know, he just channels that into wanting to find and punish the killer. And then maybe he can grieve afterwards. He's, like, I don't know. When it comes to to your wives and when it comes to the person you love. That logic goes out of the wall well, pretty quick. I'm, I'm saying, like, maybe, like, finding out who it is and getting them their slow, torturous death is, like, he wants vengeance first and then he'll grieve. Yeah. Well, maybe, I, they, I, yeah maybe if they had, maybe if they had went there or whatever, maybe we could have sent someone kind of motion like that, him going there. I don't know. I just found it weird that it was just, he wasn't pissed. Or, right. You know, yeah. angry or, you know, just well, mad may, about nothing. Maybe their enlightenment just, really uh, screwed up with their emotions. Yeah, they don't know how to grieve. They haven't had anybody murdered like this. Nobody's ever been suddenly taken from them. <laughs> they don't know how to do, well, like, Maybe, what to do with it. Okay, if if Kurt would have accused him of not being whatever when his wife just died or whatever, and him and he said what you just said to me, like, oh, uh, what do you mean? We don't really process grief the same. It's been years since somebody died. Like, what about blah, blah? I could accept that. 
but it just kind of goes under the way water when it's not very I right. Don't know. It's not maybe right, maybe right, the same time though he's like oh my wife was murdered I'm really sad then he goes wait a minute I'm on a pleasure planet I got women everywhere <laughs> and then he and came then, in with two maybe he didn't really like the other one possibility also and if he said that if he said that that's that that, 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 gives, that gives him a motive right there you know <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, so after the commercial break we get a, a captain's log stating the obvious which is that we're now on the Enterprise. Um, Kirk explains that each testifier is going to sit in this chair and they're going to place their hand on this device and that device is going to immediately detect any deviation from the factual truth and report to the computer and the computer will confirm it and tell them. And McCoy has given the computer their laboratory reports and their experts are examining the murder weapon to give the uh, computer their data as well. So Kirk has Scotty take the stand and uh, he has the computer identify Scotty and he asks the computer Scotty's physical condition and the computer says that Scotty has recently received a severe blow to the skull, but the damage is healing despite some abnormalities. Kirk asks if the abnormalities could account for functional amnesia, and the computer's like, nah, no way. Uh, McCoy doesn't understand how that can possibly be, and Scotty says that he isn't lying about the first two murders. So Kirk asks the computer to verify that statement, and uh, it says that Scotty is telling the truth, that uh, he's not lying, that he didn't kill those women. So, Scotty reveals that he didn't black out when Sibo was killed. He says that uh, they were all holding hands when the lights went out and that he heard her scream. And he says that he went towards her, but there was something in the way. It was something cold, but it wasn't really there. So, Kirk asks the computer, uh, and it says that Scotty is telling the truth about that as well. And then he asks Scotty if he killed Sibo, and Scotty says no. And Hengus is like, well, none of this means anything. Like, we don't, we don't know if this computer is telling the truth. So Kirk uh, asked Scotty to lie to him, and he asked Scotty how old he is, and Scott says that he's 22. And the computer's like, hell no, you are not 22. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you always lying? (laughs) Um, So Kirk asked Scotty who who he was holding hands with when the lights went out, and Scott says that uh, it was uh, Kirk himself and Morla. And Morla says that the room was so small that anyone could have had time to kill her. So Hengus reminds them that they found Scotty holding Sibo with a knife still in her back and blood on his hands. And uh, Kirk then reminds them that the computer that said that Scotty was telling the truth that he didn't kill her. And Hengus is like, yeah, well, what about the other victims? So Kirk asks if he killed the other ones. And Scotty says that he does not remember. And the computer confirms that he does not remember. So Jarus says that the only thing that proves is that he's telling the truth, uh, telling the truth that he does not remember killing those women. Which is honestly, that's a solid line of thinking. Like, good for him. That was an app, and that's um also um like a, a smart thing in episode. Yeah, like, that was a one line that was like kind of smart, and at the same time, then here comes a, another a bunch of dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah, yep, more stuff. Uh, Hengus says that he's <laughs> like, look, this whole thing's a waste of time. And Kirk's like, look, we'll run a psychoanalysis of Scott to get a more complete record of what happened. And Hengus is like, okay, listen, if you can prove that the machine is incapable of error and will show that Scotty did not kill anybody, then I will be satisfied. So uh, Kirk excuses Scotty as uh, Hengus is, is, he's still objecting the, to the procedure, but Jars just reminds him, he's like, look, this is my decision to allow this. And Hengus is like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Jars is just like, look, I reserve the right to make final judgment. So no matter what any of this shows, I will decide whether like this is okay or not in the end. Yeah. And yep. Kirk, Kirk's just like, yep, I agree with that. Like, that's your, it's your call. Um, so then they call Morla to the stand. And Kirk asks Morla where he was the night that Kara was killed. 
He says uh, he thinks he was walking home, but he was angry. So Spock questions if he was angry enough to do violence. He's like, are you angry enough to do violence? (laughs) (laughs) Weird phrasing that. <laughs> nope, I, and, uh, I wasn't that angry. I was pretty yeah, angry, but not that yeah. angry. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do violence. Uh, Morla says that he doesn't think he could, and he says that he loved her and she loved him. And then the musician, who never gets a name, he's really mad, and he interrupts and he's like, "Kara told me that she doesn't love Morla because Morla was jealous and they fought all the time." So Kirk asks Morla if he killed any of the women, and Morla says no, and the computer confirms that to be true. And at this point, I'm like. Why didn't we start with that? Why do you have to ask yeah. all the other questions? Why didn't you just go, hey, Scotty, did you kill them girls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I understand. Okay, maybe in Scotty's part, he doesn't remember. Okay. But why even set this guy up? Just sit him down and say, hey, did you kill them? No. Computer says, okay, that's true. All right, next. Hey, did you kill them? No. Computer says, all right, that's true. Like, just do that. Yeah. Also, with the uh, with the dad's, the dad's reaction, whatever, in there. Once again, he showed a little anger at the same time. I don't even know why he's in the episode. Yeah. Like, they could have they left him out and just got the hu- kept the husband in there. Yeah, he really contributed nothing. I mean, yeah, okay. Like, so he just I, contributed to, I yeah, think his I only just, reason for being there was to make it seem like Morla was the guy. Was to try to guide the audience towards it being Morla. Because he gives, he gives the, uh, the motive. Like, Morla, he was jealous of her. She didn't love him. They fought all the time. He's clearly uh, the killer. The, the motive, then the motive was the image, the look he gave the guys when she went to the table. That was good enough for me. I yeah, thought it was guilty they, from they that moment. To, but not the the cast didn't see that. So like he's trying I to just, to guide them and the viewer yeah. towards it being. Oh, okay. Being well, they need love. to know that a spouse is always the first person they look at. Yeah, naturally. So you didn't even have to do all this extra crap to set him up. Right. Going to be, you know, he was going to be th- accusing him already. Accused him or whatever. Then you can accuse him of jealousy, like as like a just a random thing because you do it to any any guy who has a wife killed or whatever. And then made it more, it made it better. I just man, this episode written real bad. That yeah. hurts me. No, yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. Um, so Kirk allows Morla to step down, and then he starts talking about the words that Sibo used before she was killed. And Spock looks into the computer for the word Rejack, but it doesn't find anything. And then he in the uh, in the language banks, so he has it scan all the other knowledge banks, and it it finds the word uh, from Earth, Earth's nineteenth century, and it is the nickname for a mass murderer of women, synonymous with Jack the Ripper. And everybody looks really surprised. And Hengist is like, "Well, that's ridiculous. Jack the Ripper lived hundreds of years ago, and he couldn't still be alive." And I'm like, "How do any of you know about Jack the Ripper? Look, there, How there, do there. people on your planet know about Jack the Ripper? <laughs> we know about Jack the Ripper." Yeah, but we're not living thousands of years in the future on another planet. Not yet. maybe it's a, a famous. Uh, maybe still That's famous. So right? famous that his his tail like went across Goes space. Across space. <laughs> I assume that in the part of Earth. Okay, like, I, I, I'm following you. Like the I'm city in the 1890s in London. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People just spread that tail throughout all of space. Well, well, who knew about that story? Was it's only him though, right? They pretty much like he, all did. Well, like, did he all know Jack like the Ripper they, is, or did it just kind of... Well, as soon as they said Jack the Ripper, everybody got this surprised look, like, oh my gosh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, like, yeah, see, okay, I'm curious about how that, yeah, how that went along. Yeah. Yeah, it would have uh, been weird if they went with, like, Kyle, the feline. Like, yeah. who? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jairus says that just before she died, Sibo said that uh, something about a hunger that never dies. 
And they agree that Jack the Ripper couldn't be alive if he were a man. The Kirk's like, what if he wasn't a man? And I'm like, how are they going off on this tangent right now? Like, how are they even entertaining this idea? Just because the computer said Jack the Ripper, suddenly they're all like, you know what? I think that's right. I think it was Jack the Ripper. <laughs> like, like, that is way more, like, just out there than it being Scotty. It has a better chance of Scotty being the murderer than of Jack the Ripper. The funny part about this, like, is... I like the Jack the Ripper thing for something for something that I'll, I'll bring up later, but I just it's just funny. Like that's the only part of the episode I like though. I actually like the Jack the Ripper evil spirit type thing. I actually like it. I just think that the way we got here is just insane. Yeah, if it was not if it was just a, an evil spirit that feeds on you know death and fear, fine. You know it doesn't have to be Jack the Ripper. There's a, there's no need for it to be that. Yeah. So. McCoy points out that Sibo said that uh, whatever it is, it feeds on death and fear. And at this point, I'm just like, what is any of this? Like, are we are we going down this road? And we went down this road. They did. They, they took it right down the road. And they liked it so much, they turned around <laughs> and went down it again. But Spock says that uh, surviving on emotion is an un- unknown thing in the galaxy. And uh, Hengus is just tired of this. And he's like, let's just... We have Scotty right here. Just put it like let's just put him to death. Screw it. Exactly. Scotty's yeah. guilty. Um Spock, Three dead bodies? Come on, man. Yeah, how'd that well, go no, up in trial? Like, all right, we're 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 allegedly that Jack the Ripper killed all these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah they've been around for a thousand years. Right. Or, yeah, definitely him. or the or the guy caught with three bodies that went three women in, in, in two days. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Probably the worst part of all this is that Spock's just sitting there going, yeah, makes sense. Like like Spock of all people. At no point did he question what's going on. Like, yeah, just another, just another Tuesday. Listen, guy. Yeah, but listen, the stuff that we've seen, though, the godlike creatures, the, 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 the smoke people, the, 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 the love, uh, light energy, all the stuff we've seen, this don't seem that, Unplausible to me. No, the it's thing just is, the fact like they I said, Jack, though, yeah, they know that. who Jack and the Ripper is. Yeah, I mean, it's, but the whole concept like, of this, like a creature that lives on fairy, don't seem that crazy. Yeah, no, the creature aspect is fine, but the Jack the Ripper thing is fucking dumb. It, well, it's so dumb. If they were going, if they had to do the Jack the Ripper, they should have gone with the husband who's wearing a cape because Jack the yeah, Ripper probably right? wore a cape back in the eighteen nineties. No. <laughs> I think the way they fixed this without going around real quick is um. Is you make the evil like major event or something like that? Like oh, on pl- on Raja blah 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 when blah this many people were killed, this spirit was there. Like I don't think the body count was high enough to make it to make it um <clears throat> to make it work. I mean, what would have fixed it for me is just say that it's like Jack the Ripper. Don't say that it is Jack the Ripper. Just that it's yeah. similar. Like that's or that's yeah, do. or they or, or they do the body do the investigation and the computer spits out Jack the Ripper. But like, the, well, the computer did, but they just like immediately went with it. Kirk, which is really surprising <laughs> to me too, is Kirk is just like, yeah, that's got to be it. Like Kirk of all people, <laughs> and Spock's just sitting there in silence. No, I'm I'm talking about the I'm about the, I'm talking real, real deep in the way really clearly. I'm talking about the way they got to Jack the Ripper, like with okay. the whole Rijack thing. Yeah, like if if they had just like taken the bodies and and scanned them and put their information in the oh, computer okay. and the computer spit back, oh this 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 is this style has been seen before, and they start naming different times, and then eventually right. named Jack the Ripper as like like 
this is a style, then that's a better way to get, yeah. get to the spirit. You yeah, know? it would have been a hell of like, a lot better. Yeah, I just I just think there was a better, better way to get there. That's, but I do like Jack's River thing. I just wish that they had got there differently and, and more intelligently instead of what they did. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, Spock checks the computer to see if uh, anything such as this creature could exist in the galaxy, and the computer tells him that... Uh, it tells him about a race that survives off of love. So there is precedent for something similar. Spock asks what it would be made of. Like, what would the composition of this thing be? Like, why would the computer know this for starters? But the computer says that it would likely be a mass of energy. And Kirk's like, well, could that assume a physical form? And the computer says yes. And then it gives an example of a, a known creature. I, for, I didn't write down the name of it because I was just I hated this episode at this point. <laughs> and, uh, Kirk's, he's like, I've seen that creature before because, of course, he has. Um, Spock thinks that the creature could use a hypnotic screen that blinds all but the victims to its presence. And McCoy's like, yes, we do have evidence of that sort of thing occurring in nature. And at this point, I'm like, Spock, please don't be on board. But he is. Um, <laughs> Spock wants to get Hengis this episode is, over also. Yeah. Hengis is tired of this. And he, he just he starts to argue and Jar shuts him down again. And the computer, uh, Kirk has a computer list cases of unsolved mass murders since Jack the Ripper. And uh, the computer lists several cases on several planets, and they find that all of those planets leave a trail between Argelius and Earth. So Kirk has the computer identify the proper names for Kessla and Baratus, and it returns that uh, Kessla is the unidentified mass murderer of women on Deneb 2, and Baratus is the unidentified mass murderer on uh, Rigel 4, and that that incident occurred about a year ago. And then they all turn to look at Hengist. And Kirk's like, wait a minute, you're from Rigel 4. Yeah, you're from Rigel 4, right? You told us that way earlier, bro, right? You're from Rigel 4? Like, nah, 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 that's not me. Yeah, Angus is like, there's so are a lot of people, like, what, what does that mean? Which is fair, like, a lot of people are yeah, from that. I only have one, like, maybe I didn't focus hard enough and I missed something. Um, How did the creature get from body to body? They didn't show. It's an invisible cloud creature. Okay, so we didn't even... Okay, so I didn't even... I thought I may... Because I'm not understanding, like, what... Like, when the body dies, it goes to another person after it's killed enough people, or, like... I'm I get, I'm asking them... I'm asking... I'm getting too deep. Yeah, well, That's they just didn't... They just so didn't show anything. It just jumps from person to person, and it's probably why they made mention of, like, the fact that it can use some kind of camouflage to, like, blind all... Uh, everybody to okay, it except for its target. Sh- rather, okay. Yeah, okay, they, okay. they ran out sense. of money. They couldn't CGI it. Yeah, but like, okay, so like, is is it is it does it take don't form its own shape or is it like inside of a person or is the yeah, person? No, yeah, it's nice like in a person. person. Yeah, it takes over a person's yeah, body. Okay, see, I'm curious. All right. Um, so uh, Kirk asks Hengist to take the sand, but he refuses. And Spock points out that Hengist's uh, position is perfect for getting away with murder, like his uh, his official position. Yeah, murder um, investigator. McCoy notes that the knife went missing when Hengist left Jarvis's house earlier, and Kirk points out that Hengist was missing when the lieutenant was killed. Spock says that an entity that feeds on fear and terror would have a perfect hunting ground on Ar- on Argelius because it has no violence and the people are peaceful. And uh, Hengist is like, look, you're all just... He's like, I know something about the law. This is all just speculation. So Kirk and Spock, uh, they go to look at the murder weapon. So they pull it up on the computer, and the computer reports that the blade is made of boridium, and the handle is muronite, 
and the handle has folk art forms carved into it, indicating that the place of origin is Rigel 4. Look, Rigel so 4 produces is, a lot of cutting knives, so you can't prove yeah. that either. <laughs> yeah. they, they literally they produce 90% of the cutlery in the universe. <laughs> so Hengist is fed up, and he just he tries to leave the room, um, but Kirk goes to stop him, and Hengist just drop kicks him. <laughs> he just delivers like, this insane drop kick. Uh, it was really, really bad. Uh, stunt double, by the way. Look, nothing like him. Uh, I did not look. Yeah, I noticed it immediately. The the stunt double was a fully bald. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you, yeah. The the stunt double had a shaved head. Maybe I'll use that for the screenshot for the episode. He got kicked so hard his hair <laughs> fell out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it looked yeah. Like uh, unless I unless I just couldn't see it, but I'm pretty sure I did not see that uh, any hair on this uh, stunt double. Well, uh, Kirk recovers and he knocks Hengist out with one punch, and then McCoy checks on him and he's like, he's dead. And Kirk, Kirk is like, yeah. how is he dead? Like, I barely even touched him. Yeah. Which, man, you can kill someone with one punch if you yeah, hit him just so right. If he hit his head on the floor on the way down. And, and, and Kirk's yeah. shown to be a pretty strong guy, so. And, oh, that guy. Yeah, he fought Spock. People that, come on, Super Kirk is not putting people down, killing people with one punch. Okay, that's enough now. We, 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 we call it. We call it. Kirk can't punch people to death, okay? We can't do that one. We saw that's, it right that's there. That's enough, Kirk. We saw he, it. No, he, he, no. He's Iron Kirk. He literally, he literally punched now. the spirit out of him. <laughs> like put a K on his chest now. Like, oh, <laughs> get on here now. Oh, man. So the uh, the lights suddenly dim, and then they hear an evil voice that just keeps saying Red Jack over and over, and it just keeps laughing. Which, actually, this part was pretty spooky. Like, that was they a good job with that one. Yeah. I, I feel, um, I, well, but, this, this took place before the show, but I feel like we had a Zamasu moment from a Dragon Ball Super where he's like, I'm just going to take over everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then... It's like my issue here is like now he can go into computer systems. Yeah. Like Hey, he's some mm. kind of cloud being that can for some mm-hmm. reason take over computer stuff. You know what? I'm not gonna complain. Paul, <laughs> yeah. mm. well, I had an issue with him taking over the computer also. Yeah. Wasn't great. Um but Spock, he tries the the computer, but it won't respond. And he says that the entity is controlling it. And Kirk points out that the computer controls the ship. So now Hengist has control of the entire ship. And then if you notice, they put Hengist's body uh, in a chair. Yeah, that was really, <laughs> that was really just nice. just a lifeless though. corpse. There's nothing in there. Why did they do he's that? There, he's in there just like chilling. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's dead. The only reason yeah. that body was functioning is because it was being controlled. So like that's that's yeah. not even really Hengist. It's just some poor guy that was killed and taken look, over. Spock and McCoy and were going to do a Weekend at Bernie's parody once uh, <laughs> they get it all yeah. figured out. <laughs> yeah, I did not understand why they did. Like, look, put this corpse in a chair. <laughs> They're all like, yeah, yeah hell I yeah. I don't get it. Uh, well, we go to commercial break. We come back and the voice is laughing and still repeating Red Jack. And they look at the screen and see like some weird colored clouds that, you know, just kind of float around and do stuff. And Kirk says that the entity has complete control of the ship, including the life support systems. And Spock doesn't think that it's going to try to kill them right away. He thinks it's going to try to terrorize the ship's crew to feed off of them. So Kirk makes an announcement, ordering everyone to stay at their posts and remain calm. And Which if I was like just any other crew member not privy to what's going on, I would be scared shitless <laughs> if I heard that over the PA <laughs> system. <laughs> you don't know what's happening. And they, that's just all you hear. Remain calm? So he asked McCoy... Uh, what sedatives they have. And McCoy's like, we got some strong stuff. And Kirk's like, great, distribute that to everyone immediately. I want the entire crew to be high off their ass. 
So Scotty's like, um, Scotty's like, finally, it's all coming together. Yeah. There's <laughs> an issue plan. here, by the way. Ace, uh, the stimulant that they were supposed to take, whatever, the sedative is supposed to make you go sleep, sleep, and move slow, not get all hype and goofy. They, they, he asked for a sedative, right? A yeah. sedative will sedate you. Right. Sedate you, you're supposed to go to sleep, not be like this. Um, so I don't think all sedatives put you to, to sleep, drug, though, do they? So what? I don't think all sedatives yeah. put you to sleep, do they? That's what, that's what the sedative job is, to sedate you, a.k.a. to put you to sleep. Yeah, but this is this is future sci-fi sedative. <laughs> they have no, all kinds of great no. medicines. They should have they should have used a different word, different term, or whatever for sedatives. They didn't put people to sleep. That's they should like yeah, put you to sleep. We're gonna shoot you up with some morphine. You're gonna feel real. It would have been. Uh, you want the uh, the definition of sedated? It says uh, uh, sure. calm or calm or make them sleep by administering a sedative drug. So it can be just for calming as well as sleeping. Yeah. But their reactions are like that's not calming reaction. They don't, no, oh, yeah, that, oh, you know, like that's no, they're that's high not as a calming. Kite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not calming. Yeah, no. they're they're at the other end. They're they're amphetamine. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, they're, they're having an amphetamine reaction, not a sedation reaction. So right. I just I, I think it's kind of weird. Look, it's no, probably, yeah, it's, absolutely, it's, they're not calm. Paul, they probably had to classify it that way so that you could have it on board. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> it was a loophole. Yeah. You know how Bioxy yeah, works. Oh, yeah. The way that Sulu acts later is, yeah, it's more like high than sedated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they their plan here is to distribute a sedative, keep everybody calm so that they don't get scared, and uh, then they plan to beat the entity that way. And Kirk and Spock, they leave, and uh, Kirk suggests that they feed the computer a mathematical problem that's impossible to solve. Uh, and force the computer to focus on it so that they can force the entity out of it. Weird, but whatever. Um, they get into the elevator, and the door almost closes on them. And then when they try to go to the bridge, the elevator starts to free fall. But they manage to fix it and go to the bridge. So it's just like, he's basically, Hengus is like a ghost just trying to scare people right now, is all that's going on. Yeah. Um, so they get to the bridge, and the life, syst- uh, the life support system begins to malfunction. And the entity is talking to them through the ship's PA system, just telling them that they're all going to die. Spock gets to work on the computer as Sulu and the others start preparing for manual overrides. And then a a nurse, I'm assuming it's a nurse because she came in with the uh, tranquilizers. And I don't know anybody else that would have access to that. Um, So, yeah, she shows up and Kirk starts administering them or he has her start administering them to everybody. And uh, Spock just keeps working on the computer as the entity keeps taunting them. Just like yeah, I've been here since the beginning of time, and I'll be here after time. And like I don't, I don't think so, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's how that works. <laughs> um, so Sulu starts to say something, uh, but then he gets injected with a tranquilizer, and he gets really, really happy. So he's like super, just you know, high. He's calm, but he's like high. And uh, Kirk tells them to man their stations, and above all else, don't be afraid. And Sulu's like, huh, well, with this, I wouldn't be afraid of a supernova. And I'm like, that's very this is awkward. Best- Awkward writing. This Terrible. is best Sulu. Hi, Sulu oh is best God. Sulu. <laughs> uh, why would you want a bunch of sedated people um, driving your ship, like controlling your ship? Uh, on the bright yeah. side, the universe is really big, so the likelihood of you running into a planet are probably slim to none. <laughs> right, but still. AKA, but it's put on autopilot anyway. I know yeah. we got autopilot. Well, you, you can't because. The dude has control of the computer. Ah, That's why you're giving him the math problem, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So Spock says he's going to have the computer try to commute to the or compute to the last digit of the value of pi. And he says that the computer will only work on that problem until they order it to stop. So they head back to the briefing room as the, the crew, everybody in there is just like laughing and having a good time because they've all been uh, hit with the sedative. And they're liquidy. Yeah. Uh, McCoy says that only he and Jarrus need to get tranquilized. And then they hear Hangus laughing again. So Spock announces that they now have control of the computer again and that the entity has fled. And this whole time, Jarrus is just standing there with his back to everybody. So I'm like, okay, like he's he's screwed. Um, Kirk asks what would happen if the entity took over a tranquilized body. And McCoy says, he's like, well, you know, it, it's not really going to be able to do anything. It's not going to be violent at all. And uh, Kirk orders Bones to give himself a shot. And so he does. And then Kirk then goes to give Jarrus a shot. But then Jarrus grabs him by his throat. <laughs> it's like the, yes. it's the, the acting here. But it's just so weird. I, forget, I don't even remember what he says. Like, it was just he terrible. says kill. Yeah. He says kill. Kill He's you like, all. He, die. Yeah. Suffer. Dude, yeah. I make, like, make you suffer. like this actor at that moment. Like even though that like it was such an extreme. Like re, like a extreme acting for, to go from flat line to level like nine. I actually yeah. liked it. But what he and said is just so stupid. He's like, kill, die, yeah. make you suffer. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I just, I like the, I like the actor a lot. I like the way he went from like, he went from one to 10 really quick. I thought it was really yeah. good. It caught me off guard actually. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Jarvis grabs Kirk by the throat, says, make you suffer. Spock does the Vulcan nerve pitch and a pinch and knocks out Jarvis. Jarvis. So, uh, Hengus's corpse comes back to life and it grabs a female crew member and starts holding a knife to her throat and Bones, who was high as a kite, just like casually walks to him. He's like, "Be careful, man! Somebody's gonna get hurt." And so, <laughs> and, just, the, and, and the female was smiling the whole time too. Yeah, yeah she's she was in there smiling, like, "Oh yeah, come with a knife!" Like, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> what is going on here?" Angus is like, "Whoa, I'm not into that." And he pushes uh, the woman at uh, at Bones. So Kirk and Hangus get into a fist fight, but Kirk very quickly takes him down while Spock injects Hangus with the tranquilizer. And then one of the most fucked up things in this series happens. They carry Hengus to the transporter room, and he's just laughing the whole way, like down the hallway. He's just like, I'm going to kill you all. <laughs> just, just being carried on Kirk's shoulder. He's actually like, like damn, like go uh, uh, Shatner. Like you're just carrying this full grown man on your shoulder like it's nothing. Like you absolute yeah. beast. But uh, Kirk orders the transporter engineer to set the transporter for deep space on full power at the widest angle of dispersion. So they're literally just going to spread this man out into space, which is <laughs> really messed wild. up. That's so messed that up. That is why. I mean, we know the dude's dead, but with the only get the bear's body. Yeah. Like, like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so the engineer, he's, you know, he's high, too, and he's just taking too long. So Spock pushes him out of the way and uh, he takes control and they transport Hengist away. And then McCoy and Scotty enter the room and they ask what they did with Hengist and Kirk explains that they beamed him out into space, in open space at the widest possible dispersion. And McCoy says, he's like, well, you know, he can't die. Like, he's a cloud entity thing. And Spock says that uh, the entity's consciousness may continue for some time, consisting of billions of separate bits of energy floating forever in space. <laughs> like, that's just, it's so brutal. Wow. Um, Scotty laughs. <laughs> uh, Kirk... He's like, wow, you seem really happy. And Scotty's like, well, to be honest, for a while there, I didn't know if I was innocent or guilty. <laughs> like, he's just having a good old time. And uh, Kirk asks McCoy how long it's going to take for the tranquilizers to wear off. And McCoy says that it's going to take maybe five or six hours. 
So Kirk says that for the next five or six hours, he's going to have the happiest crew in space, but they're not going to get any work done. And Spock's like, well, why don't we take advantage of the opportunity and, and go back to Argelius? So Kirk agrees. And he's like, he goes back to that old, oh, I know a, a place where the women and uh, McCoy is like, yeah, you know, I want to go. And Scotty's like, hell yeah, let's go. Like, we're feeling good. And Kirk says they can't go in their condition. And then he turns to Spock, but he realizes Spock doesn't care about this place where the women do something. And uh, he decides, like, he goes to leave and he just, like, invites them all, like, just shoes them out of the transporter room. And that is the end of that ep- episode, mercifully. Thank God. <sighs> Who wants to start us off with with this one? Well, I feel like since Paul wants to rain, I'll go first. And okay. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of keep it short. Uh, overall, this episode was not the best. It had a lot of potential to be pretty good, but just dropped the ball. There were, some of the stuff they did just did not make sense. Like Paul saying earlier, like, yeah, there's a lot of evidence showing that Scotty should be guilty and Kirk probably shouldn't be going that hard for his boy. But other than that, I don't know, five out of ten. Yeah, um, I am going to say that this is my new least favorite episode of the series. Not even just the season, but of the series. This episode oh, was wow. it was a mess in every way. E- even over oh, mud? No. Yes, even over mud. Wow. No. Dude. The writing in this was oh, awful. Man. Like, first of all, Scotty hates women because one of them caused an accidental explosion and he got a little head injury. So he just suddenly hates women forever now. But then they take him to uh, to see a, a show and he's okay with women again. And that's just really stupid and pointless thing to put in the episode that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. It didn't advance Scotty's character. If anything, it just probably made me dislike him a little bit if that's, if that's how he feels. Uh, but then the, my big issue with this... Um, aside from all the other stuff that we already covered uh, about why does it even need to be Jack the Ripper, blah, blah, blah. Why does it need to be Scotty? It could have been literally any random guy. Like they could have just been, you know, at this place and maybe this happens to a diplomat or something like or maybe since they were there when the murder happened, the they're also being investigated. Like, why yeah. does it have to be? A member of the crew. Uh, Scotty, like, what, what did that add to Scotty it? Scotty in season two has kind of been taking a lot of bumps. Like he's been electrocuted, you know, hit, yeah. thrown, <laughs> accused yeah, of murder. Yeah, like he's not a having God. a good season two. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not at all. But like just having it be him doesn't add anything to the episode. It just it like it doesn't. I don't understand why they did that. It could have just been any random person and they were just there as potential witnesses or even potential suspects. And then they have to all prove their own innocence. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. Like there, there were, it had its merits. Like the creepy voice thing was really good. That was really well done. And that was like sufficiently creepy. Um, again, you know, hi, Sulu is best Sulu, but and like the, dis- the dispersion thing was brutal as fuck. And I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't think that they could do that, but dear God, like that's, that's just completely messed up. But yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of overall terrible. I really did not like it. And now it is Paul's turn. <laughs> To tell me why he uh, loved it. What's up, people? Uh, this episode's awesome, and I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and here's the point. Like, I like B-movies, and I like when things go wrong. And, like, there's a, a lot of... Ba- the writing in this is the one of out of ten. I'll admit the writing is bad. But there are a lot of really good, great ideas, and there's so much I got inspired to tell you guys a new story of my Star Trek detective. See, this <laughs> actually Star is Star Trek, Star Trek detective. This. Okay. 
well, what's going on now is he he comes to the planet. He's investigating a, a criminal, a criminal that actually is an evil spirit that's coming across space and time to kill people. You see, and he learns later on that the evil spirit has been going on for hundreds of thousands of years, just killing people. Okay, space detective. There's a season one villain for my show. Okay, the overall, He's be overall villain, the murderer. Every serial killer on every planet is actually going to be this guy, it's an evil spirit, going from planet to planet, killing people for thousands of years in a space and time continuum. Okay, I'm going to make this work. Now, my thing about the show, honestly, is um, like I did like they they had to follow the they want to follow planet laws. I mentioned that before when I was joking around about, about, about being a Star Trek detective. I'm like, each planet has their own laws, but you go investigate. I joked about that. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I like the whole, I like the feeds on fear thing. That was kind of, even though I've seen th- that before, that's actually kind of a cool a way of, of talking about a thing. I like the evil spirit voice when it went, evil spirit first or whatever. Uh, I like, let's see, uh, I like the, I like Jack Ripper thing, but I thought it should have been done much clever and much, and much better way. Like, really good. I like the uh, the wife ch- character chick. I thought she was uh, really good. And my number one thing I like about the uh, episode overall was the design of the clothing and design of the backgrounds and all the art. Because no matter what we do, if we, even when we episode you guys hate or whatever, don't like, you look in the back and you're like, oh man, it just looks good. Like it looks good. It feels original. They come up with cool laws. They come up with all this really cool stuff to make you really immersed in the culture or whatever planet you on. You know, and I, and I like that a lot. So. I, episode, I mean, personal episodes, I mean, I give it like an eight, like, but I know, but the writing is like, so, the writing is really bad, but there's, there's something in this episode, there's something in here. It, it, you gotta, you need to get the episode again, jumble it up, cut some things out or whatever, but this episode could have been a classic episode of like an alternate thing if they had really spent some time and really wrote it better. I think they might have wrote this just really quick and just let it go, but I think they really could have made this episode really good, so. It just I, I I gave it an eight because I saw I I gave it eight on the potential of what it should have been if it had been written better. But man, the writing was bad. I think that's uh, a very fair assessment of that episode. Honestly, I think you pretty much touched on. Uh, I mean, I know I said that I like hated it and I do hate it, but for those reasons, yeah. And there was a lot of merit. And also, uh, Jarus is basically dressed like a uh, an old Republic Jedi, and I am down for that. Like that man was just, <laughs> man was looking smooth. Um, I guess the only thing that can come out of this episode now is that since uh, Hengist has been blasted out of the space in a million little pieces is that eventually a computer is going to grab a hold of him and we're going to form the big Getty star. <laughs> can a planet get cancer? <laughs> the spaghetti star I, ain't nobody's fool. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's it for this one. Our next one uh, is going to be season two, episode 15, The Trouble with Tribbles. Got us on that, Paul? Yeah. The Enterprise is overrun by furry creatures. Gizmo. <laughs> While Someone's tangling <laughs> with King Cleong's embryocrats. Look, if Spock feeds them after midnight, that's on him. He should have known that's better. <laughs> hey, you know what? The gremlins are coming. Uh, from so what I understand, episode... this is one of those quintessential Star Trek episodes that like everybody must see. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. I've seen this one referenced quite a bit. I don't know if it's... I don't. I haven't. I've never heard whether or not it's good. I have just heard that like you have to see this. Well, hopefully we won't have to wait that long to watch it this time. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we don't take another month. Yeah, for real. We're all done with vacations and family things. Yeah, I don't have. I got yeah. rid of my family. They were getting in the way of the podcast, so they're <laughs> gone now. Uh, Do you, you have a you concussion? <laughs> yeah. 
Paul, I, Paul, I know you went to Florida. I have gotten rid of Florida. We can't go back there, so we're yeah, good. Yeah, I won't go back. Trust me. Yep. The sun is the sun is the devil. I'm never going back to Florida. <laughs> and that Florida sun does suck. Yeah, um, it's, like, it's like bad. Yeah, so that's going to be it for me. I don't have anything else. Uh, thank you guys for waiting patiently for us to come back, and hopefully we can get out a couple of them in a row here. And uh, I'll uh, see yeah. you on the next one. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, keep coming in, keep commenting. Uh, on Twitter, keep uh, sending stuff. We'll look at it and check it out. And uh, man, it's been a while, guys. Missed you guys, man. Hope you guys keep listening to us. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Later. <laughs>